0: leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family. The opinions voiced in Investing Simplified are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with an attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing investors cannot invest directly in indexes the performance of any index is not indicative of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing a diversified portfolio does not assure profit or prevent losses in a declining market roth ira conversion is a taxable event Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated. Investment services offered through Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor.
1: Welcome into Investing Simplified. However, you're joining us today. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. As always, you can catch replays of our show available online at www pricefg.com, as well as podcast, We're both on Apple and Android devices. We appreciate everyone tuning in. This is Matt, the Sudol wealth manager, coming to you together with Mr. Matt May, also wealth manager here at Price Financial Group. How are you, sir? I am doing well. How about yourself, man? Doing good. You know, gained a couple of solid pounds after Thanksgiving, and <laughs> we'll try to uh, work on getting rid of that at the gym. We'll see how it goes, but it was Delicious, nutritious, and,
2: you know, extra. But that's okay, I think. Do you uh, get out there and do any uh, Black Friday shopping? Do you get some good deals out there? You know, I think that most people now, uh,
1: I guess stores are still busy, but most people probably do stuff online. And I'm sure the Amazon truck will be visiting our neighborhood multiple times next week. And between my wife and myself, I'm sure there's stuff that's going to be coming. So I did pick up a couple things. I usually wait that
2: time to just you know get stuff i probably don't need but could use if they're on sale so how about you you know i think we keep a amazon driver fully employed ourselves we got stuff showing up you know every day every other day so it's just that online retailing is just so convenient these days oh absolutely really a, yeah and yeah, you know of course they a nice curve i'm not ai
1: i don't i'm not into uh thinking that stuff is rigged a little bit, but maybe prices went up right before and then you just cut them conveniently on Black Friday and make it a flash sale. Maybe not. Um, I'm joking about the conspiracy, but I have, I've seen those people on the internet sometimes post how they take a sticker off like at a Walmart or another store and underneath it's pretty much the same price or a higher price. That just seems like it was just changed for the sake of changing. Oh, that's funny. So there's psychology of that happening the in the stores, right? Sale. I mean, the whole concept of spend during the shopping after Thanksgiving is is a huge money maker for the retailers. And, you know, I guess that kind of dovetails into what we're talking about here, which is, you know, how does that impact the economy and the market and how strong the consumer is. And as we know, United States is known for one very good thing, and that is that we are a spending society. We don't necessarily, we save, but we're not known for saving. We're known for being the spending engine of the
2: world, right? That's a big engine.
1: Yeah, it's a very big engine. And we, Help out everybody we can internationally and domestically. So, you know, keep up the good work, everyone. But I will say if you're trying to save for retirement, maybe curbing spending a bit may not be a terrible idea. Although, you know, some spending I'm sure is okay. You know, it's all within uh, manageable reasons. Some dollars for now, some dollars for later is what I say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you always want to have a couple of different buckets, right? So you have the gifting bucket if you're inclined for charitable, inclined, you know, the things or otherwise. You got the bucket for savings, of course, and then you should spend some. We we talk about on our show here about the spending muscle and the saving muscle. And we run into a lot of people that have, you know, really big biceps. I would say like strong saving muscles. They've saved and saved and saved. And they're having a hard time letting go and trying to let loose and spend a bit. And it's important to flex that too once in a while. That is an interesting phenomenon, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, the, it is. The
2: folks that are really good that they're just super thrifty and they just don't break those habits when it comes time. To, you know, to use that spending muscle in retirement.
1: Yeah. But then again, on the flip side, you know, then the spenders sort of spend, 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 and sometimes maybe tough to break those habits. Yeah, exactly. And then they maybe it in slightly underfunded retirement. But, you know, what I wanted to go over at the beginning and before we jump into another important subject here was, you know, what's the market done this year as we're, you know, heading into December here and had quite a retracement on the 10-year treasury. Okay. What does retracement mean? Well, to me, if you trace up and then retrace back down, that's a retracement. That's what I'm going to sure, call it. Sure, I don't know if that's an actual yeah, technical that is. term. Yeah, absolutely it is. But I'm glad you asked because in essence, what's happened was over the last year, as we know, the 10-year treasury got up to about 4.9. I think it did hit 5% yeah, intraday. Yeah, percent Yeah. What does that mean? Well, the 10-year treasury is what somebody's willing to pay, the U.S. government... To lend them money. So you're basically buying a 10-year U.S. treasury. You were able to get up to about a 4.9 or 5% rate of
2: return or so for a decade. So you're locking those rates in. Yeah, Each year it pays you that 4.9 or 5% interest. At the end of that 10-year period, the government gives you all of your principal back and then the investment is over. That's it. So that's basically what a 10-year, it's a bond.
1: The beginning of the year, that was at three and a half, roughly 3.56 of what it seems to be shown here according to Yahoo Finance. And now we're back down to 4.4-ish range. So one could say, well, what's a half a percent? That's no big deal. Well, that's about a 10% drop from those peaks, which is pretty significant. Um, And when you look at charts, I'd always like to expand the chart. And if you could actually see the dip on a bigger chart, like a five-year or or a longer chart, then it's significant in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's causing all that, right? Now there's lots of opinions and you know, the way that the treasury market works is there's, you know, if people are buying more treasuries, that actually creates a downtrend in the rates because of the supply demand and without getting into it, in essence, more people are buying treasuries than selling. And
2: because of that, rates are actually dropping. Now, if you mm-hmm. think about it, it's like that seesaw, right? On one side, you have the interest rate on the other side, you have the value of that investment. So when you have a bunch of people or investors, institutional investors or global investors piling into U.S. Treasuries, that's a lot of demand. That means the price is going up and up and up. That's on one side of that seesaw. So the other side is the interest rate goes down, down, and down. Yeah. So that's what we've seen recently. Yeah, so the other
1: thing that's causing this potential buying frenzy of U.S. Treasuries is the fact that the Federal Reserve came out and kept rates the same, right? Now, the Federal Reserve did not say that they will be cutting rates at all. They said, hey, we're keeping rates where
2: they are. We may go higher. For now, we're not going higher. We're watching and monitoring things now. I think they have to be a pretty tough watchdog on inflation and the yes, overall they do. economy overheating. Absolutely. So there are some economists who say they have this position that says, hey, if things stay hot, we're not opposed to raising rates again. And it's right. th- just them saying it is having its own effect effect on the economy, economy, right? But on the flip side, they also didn't say that they wouldn't cut.
1: They said, you know, nothing about that. And there are projections that potentially we could start seeing cuts in the following couple of years, which will only happen if something starts breaking, right? So the Fed won't come
2: out and just cut rates for the sake of cutting rates. Yeah, because even when they announced that pause, it says, hey, we're not going to raise rates right now we're going to let things sit as they are the market took that as just the sign that hey we've reached what's called peak rates and when we reach peak rates that means the fed can only go down in the future and if the fed lowers rates that means they're stimulating the economy and stimulating the economy drives the stock market higher yeah so we saw the market just you know pop nicely over a a period of a week right we had Uh, Kind of a peak
1: in July, sold back off, and then we're peaking and going back up now again, which obviously is good to see, you know, recovery after a year we had last year. But we're not necessarily
2: out of the woods yet. And as you said, the Fed hasn't indicated the fact that we would be going the other direction yet. Yep. And then, of course, we're at the end of the year and, you know, we could see the proverbial Christmas rally, the Santa Claus rally, uh, where due to all the shopping and uh, consumer activity, the stock market could, you know, be poised to go higher as what has commonly happened near the end of the year or at yeah. the end of the year. Yeah, it's got to do with
1: the activity, it's got to do with some tax loss harvesting potentially, it's got to do with multiple things that kinda all happen towards the end of the year. So we could actually see more green, which would be, you know, wonderful. And, you know, we we're all hoping for more green in people's portfolios, of course. One thing I did want to talk about, and so the Treasury retraced or went back down a bit. The markets positively responded to it. Um, The overall equally weighted S&P 500. So instead of taking a look at the S&P 500 with the outperformance of what is now being coined as the Magnificent 7 stocks, if we look at an equally weighted S&P 500, the return is not nearly as significant as the S&P with the Magnificent 7 being an overweight. So why is that happening? Well, the 7 are really driving. They have really, really large capitalizations. And because of that, they're a big component of the index. And so we're seeing continuous growth there. If we look at the overall economy, you know, small companies, mid-sized companies are still struggling. So we're definitely not out of the woods yet. And that's going to take some time. But one of the things that we wanted to make sure we bring up again on our on our show is the concept of what we call an all-weather portfolio. And why do we bring it up again? It was because, you know, we haven't talked about it in a minute, maybe, but also because it's a good time to discuss things where one side of the equation might be rallying, you know, what are you doing to protect yourself on a downside? So whenever things get exciting and markets start going up, we have a tendency to sort of pile in. And this is why the markets kind of go higher and higher and higher because people gain confidence and they start going back into the markets, which is great. You know, there are components of it that should be considered and you definitely in most cases should have some sort of growth component again each situation is different and depends and encourage everybody to call in to get a complimentary consultation to kind of get a one-on-one session but in an all weather portfolio as we like to say it whether it rains or if it's sunny we want to have some sort of a solution for you to where you're either you know flat or you know potentially principal protected that way in case the market does have a pullback where do you take your money from so if you haven't done that homework yet and you'd like to get an idea of what an all-weather portfolio looks like, how do you get to a solution that works for you and your family, give us a call at 503-253-3000. With that, we'll take our first break and we'll be back with more Investing Simplified. This is Matt Soodal, Chief Operating Officer and Wealth Manager here at Price Financial Group. And from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to wish you all a happy holiday season. Thank you for listening to Investing Simplified.
0: Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, Please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family.
1: Welcome back to Investing Simplified. However you're joining us today, thank you so much for making us a part of your day. As always, you can catch replays of our show available on podcasts, both Apple and Android, as well as on our website at www.pricefg.com. This is Matt Sudol, Wealth Manager and Matt May, also Wealth Manager here coming to you from Price Financial Group. After a quick break, we were talking about all weather portfolios and all sorts of things before we took a break, but we wanted to switch gears. And since we're Gearing towards the end of the year, believe it or not, we're just about there.
2: Can you believe 2023 is
1: almost in the rearview mirror? Right. And I feel wow. like just yesterday we were sitting here and talking about 2023 projections of sorts and what's going to be the year after a year where we had, you know, a pretty significant uh, drop in the market. So, uh, it's been an interesting year. We'll recap all of that in another show as well, but wanted to give our listeners a end of the year checklist of sorts and sort of reminders as we like to do each year. Things to consider, things to think about. Before I jump into it, uh, remember that if you're interested in a complimentary consultation, you can give us a call at 503-253-3000. If you've got a New Year's resolution that may be pointing you towards doing some retirement planning and such, that would maybe be a good starting point. Also, if things come up that we discuss, where You'd like a copy of anything that we talk about or just to sit down with us again that number is 503-253-3000. Some of the things that we'll go over now will have we have a tax sheet that we can actually send to our listener if you give us a call because it's going to be a lot of numbers and we don't want to go in and just Same
2: all out here because they change that whole sheet. There's a lot of information on that sheet. It's super helpful. I pretty much use it on almost every appointment that I conduct right right now.
1: Yep, It's a good little sheet and it's one or two pages. It's got things like the tax brackets. It's got a breakdown of what you can contribute to Roths and traditional and all sorts of things. So reach out to us if you're interested in getting a copy of that. So no cost, of course. So what are some of the things on the checklist? So I'm going to kick it off with a three letter acronym RMD. And so many people don't know what that is. Seems foreign. Lots of people probably like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about required minimum distributions. So once you hit a certain age and that number has been actually moving lately, it Mm -hmm. used to be 70 and a half, which is a really weird number to use. But, you know, the IRS likes to use kind of half years in some calculations. That number moved up to 73 and it'll be eventually settling at 75. But if you are required minimum distribution age attained and you need to take required distributions, those have to be taken by the end of the year. And we bring it up because there are two different things to talk about. Number one, your own IRAs or 401ks, 403bs, anything that's pre-tax that's got to have a required minimum distribution. But number two, that's sometimes forgotten because of changes that were made are also
2: beneficiary retirement accounts. Right. And you don't necessarily have to be that age. If you inherited money before the laws changed a few years ago, you had the ability to do a stretch IRA and that allowed you to take required minimum distributions over your lifetime. So you don't necessarily have to be 70 and a half, 72, 73, as the laws have changed recently. If you inherited money five, six years ago or before that, you might have an annual RMD, but only be well under that 70 and a half or older.
1: No, and that's a really good point. So 70 and a half was the old number, 73 now, 75 in the future. That's for your personal mm-hmm. retirement accounts, required distributions. If you have what we call beneficiary IRA or an inherited IRA, that may follow a different schedule. As Matt said, it could be a stretch where if it was inherited uh, before some changes went into place, or it could be a five-year or 10-year distribution or if you're a spouse, it's a whole other thing. The point being that, number one, it's complicated. And so if you'd like assistance, we're available to chat with you. Give us a call. And number two, uh, you don't want to miss it because right. there's significant penalties. The IRS did revise it to where it's a little less now than it used to be. It used to be 50%. That's 50 of the amount you didn't take. And it's come down a bit now. But it's still more money than anybody wants to pay because, really, anything above zero is a penalty too much. So... Making sure those are tackled by the end of the year. If you're listening and it's coming down to a wire, you will probably want to contact the custodian that holds the account right away because they're going to get lots of calls like you, panicked calls, to
2: get it done. And Um, that is something that needs to be satisfied in the calendar year by December 31st. It has to be removed. You can't call December 31st, most likely, and have it done. Yeah. So you definitely want to, you know, get on it. You want to get on it, absolutely. Um, Not tax filing deadline.
1: One other piece with that that's out there that people have brought up, if you're charitably inclined and you're over 70 and a half, you can do what's called a QCD or Qualified Charitable Donation. And basically what that would do is take that required distribution and send it to a charity. There's a couple of caveats with it too. And all of this I should also mention you should discuss with your tax professional to make sure that everything is on the up and up. But QCDs or Qualified charitable deductions are capped at $100,000 max and you have to be at least 70 and a half to take them. We did uh study this a minute uh, and looked at it to see if beneficiary IRAs and regular IRAs qualify and they do as long as the beneficiary is over 70 and a half. So if you're charitably inclined that's another avenue to take. The advantage there is you're basically taking the dollars directly from your account to a charity and charities as we know are non-profit they don't pay taxes and so instead of it Hitting your bank account first, you pay taxes, and then you send the money and get a deduction. Potentially, it goes straight over. So, there's a little bit of an advantage if you're charitably inclined of doing
2: that. And you know, if yeah, they, you don't recognize the income exactly. if it's coming from a pre-tax account.
1: Yeah. So, QCDs are out there too. So that covers the required minimum distribution. Now there are a few things that we probably forgot. So make sure you get with your financial professional or your tax professional to make sure that you're satisfying those to avoid any penalties possible. Um, The second thing that we wanted to mention are Roth conversions that are due by end of year as well. So quick disclaimer, Roth conversions are a taxable event. What does that mean? Well, you're in essence taking money from a traditional retirement account, uh, traditional IRA typically, and converting it to a Roth when that happens that amount you're converting is taxable it's taxable income which means that you either have to pay taxes out of pocket for it or it comes out of the distribution or the conversion itself now it wouldn't be a you know a strategy if there wasn't multiple caveats with it right <laughs> so number 1 if you're under 59 and a half and you do a roth conversion Uh, you have to, um, well, you don't have to, but ideally you take the money to pay taxes out of your bank account, pay cash. Otherwise the amount that gets converted, the amount that goes to the taxes potentially could get a 10% penalty because you're withdrawing money
2: from a retirement account pre 59 and a half. Yeah. Slowing that down. So say we convert $10,000 from the IRA to a Roth and we want to pay like 10% federal and 10% state. So you're, you know essentially sending $1000 to the federal government and $1000 to the state i'm just making up numbers right. there if you're under 59 and a half the $1000 you're sending to the federal government and the $1000 you're sending to the state out of your roth conversion could be subject to taxes and penalties because it's considered an early withdrawal before yep. age 59 and a half so better to just uh, take the whole 10,000 and move it to your roth and then pay the taxes out of pocket yes if you have if the resources. you're under 59 and a half yeah
1: Absolutely. So again, Roth conversions, why consider those? Well, depending on where you are tax-wise this year, maybe it's a lower income year, or maybe you're retired and you have room, as I like to call it, room in your brackets. So as we know, the US tax system has brackets. The first one is 10%. The second one is 12% for married. Well, actually for everybody. Um, Then the third one after that is 22%. Then it goes to 24. Well, the 12 to 22 is a big jump. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. a math genius, but it sounds like 10, right? 10% of a bump. And so if you have potentially some dollars you could convert while you're in the lower bracket, it may make sense, may not. It all depends, and every situation is a little different. We do encourage people that are interested in taking a look at it to give us a call again, because then we could sit down and get into the nitty-gritty of your particular situation and seeing how does a conversion fit in with maybe pension income or W-2 income or maybe business income or perhaps even Social Security investment income, dividends, interest, right. cap gains. Yep. You sold a house. So many property, things that whatever. go into the mix, but you do have till the end of the year to do the conversion. And each conversion has a five-year cycle where it has to brew. I call it a brewing cycle because then afterwards you could access the principal and interest tax-free. And if you do it in December, it counts as if you did it in January. So this is the whole year. So there's an advantage of potentially looking into it if it makes sense. If it doesn't, you know, skip this part, move on. But it's one of those things where if... Tax rates go up, which we don't know because our crystal ball is cloudy over here. But with the amount of national debt we have, there's a possibility they go up. And currently, after 2025, so 2026 being the first year, there's a you know an expiring tax cuts act that will then go away, and the new rates will potentially go up if they're not extended. If the cuts aren't extended, so again, more we can discuss in person if you're interested in a complimentary consultation. Give us a call at 503. 503- 2533000. Now, there's a couple additional things we wanted to go over. We've got a couple more minutes left on in this segment before we take a break. So, we'll go through the first one a little quicker maybe. That is contributions in general to retirement
2: accounts. Right. So, when you're looking at contributing to say a 401k, 403b, your IRA, your Roth, the simple IRA, SEP IRA, there's so many different avenues that you might be able to save in. We want to make sure that you are maxing out the savings that is right for you. We have a priority of investing when we work with clients. The first thing I would say is make sure that we get our full match. So if you haven't hit your full match yet, what is that? You put money into a retirement plan and the employer says, hey, whatever money you put in will match up to such and such amount if we're not taking advantage of that that's your step number 1 that's your priority number 1 bar none everybody should get their free money that's just hey you put in a dollar and you get maybe 50 cents or 75 cents or a full dollar up to a certain amount that's if you get a 100% match on the first 4% of your salary you just got a 4% raise if you put 4% in of uh, granted this is saving and access uh, these are dollars to be accessed in retirement ideally but you know you've doubled your money on day one. And that's really important. So you do have until the end of the calendar year to fund 2023's retirement accounts that way. So uh, for the Roth and for the IRA, you have income to consider, but for people that are under 50 years old, you can put in 6,500 per person this year. And if you're 50 and over, you can do 7,500 per year. Okay.
1: Very good. Okay. So let's take a quick break because we're coming up to the end of the segment. And then when we come back, we'll chat more about the retirement contribution limits. And there's one additional thing we wanted to talk about, and that's tax loss harvesting. So please stick with us if you're listening. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. And we'll be right back with more
2: Investing Simplified. You're listening to Investing Simplified, brought to you by Price Financial Group. For a complimentary consultation, please give us a call at 503-253-3000. This is Matt May, the Chief Investment Officer here at Price Financial Group. As we head toward the holiday season, I truly want to thank you for listening and allowing us to be part of your lives in such an important matter. I wish you the very best and have a happy holidays.
0: Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family.
3: Welcome back to Investing Simplified. I'm Bo Caldwell, President and CEO here at Price Financial Group. We've now started the part of the show that we like to call your estate planning made simple. And joining me as usual when we do this show is the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Crandall, who is the head of E Legacy Law. And Ryan, you're one of the founders as well, right? A partner there and a founder of the firm? I am, yeah. Perfect. Well, see, this is, folks, when you're listening, I only get the big dogs to come on here. we got to get the most important people to answer your estate planning questions because just like we want to make your retirement planning, your financial planning simplified, we want to make sure your estate planning is simplified too. So your estate planning made simple here with Ryan Crandall of E-Legacy Law. If you have a question that's been keeping you up about your estate planning, and that could be anything to do with how to pass your assets once you pass away, anything that a an estate planning attorney we'd need to answer, it'd be great if you could send that to askbo at pricefg.com and then I can make sure that I ask Ryan on our weekly segment on here to make sure that we get those questions answered because I can assure you, if it's a question that's been keeping you up at night, it's a question that's been keeping others up at night too and we want to make sure we're bringing you the best content we can at all times. So Ryan, I have had a couple people ask the difference when you're talking about estate planning You know, most of the time we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, folks that are older that have saved up a lot of money. We talk about estate tax because maybe they're going to hit that estate tax threshold. But in those situations, usually the folks that are inheriting the money or that they're leaving the money to, if they're leaving it to family, are grown. But sometimes there are situations where someone's doing estate planning because estate planning can really involve minor children. You know, if you have a child that's under 18 or multiple children under 18, I would imagine that the planning becomes maybe a little more complicated, or at least just you have to tweak some different levers, be different than if you're, you know, they're all grown.
4: Yeah, certainly. You know, there are different conversations that we're having, you know, with clients who have have younger children, and um, you know, really everybody should have an estate plan. You know, so it's not just for you know when you're reaching retirement age and your children are grown and you've accumulated you know, uh, wealth and assets. And it's also for the younger families. You know, that can be just as important uh, to have kind of that insurance in place if something were to happen to you. And and we want to make sure your younger children are taken care of. That makes sense
3: to me. So if we're talking about younger children or minor children, what are some of the differences that people should be, you know, making sure they're aware of? Maybe some pitfalls that you've seen working with families that if they didn't find that piece or, you know, you've helped them to make sure that they cover those pitfalls. I'm going to use pitfalls. I like it. Or potholes in their road
4: right yeah number one is just the importance of having a plan and you know a lot of younger families don't necessarily think of this and they assume everything is going to be okay but you know accidents and illnesses happen and and so we want to have that plan in place where you know one of the most important decisions is who to name as guardian for our children you know really who's gonna step into your shoes if something happens to you and, and spouse and and now we have minor children that need to be taken care of. Who is in charge with, you know, their physical well-being and their custody, and who's going to step in into that role as, you know, quasi parent for them? And so we make those decisions in our estate plan, in particular our wills, is where we elect our choices for guardians for our minor children. And so those are very important documents to have. You know, if nothing else, we don't don't necessarily need to have a complex trust or a complex estate plan, but at the very least, you know, for, you know, individuals with minor children, we want those documents in place. Um, You know, aside from that, secondly, I would say that uh, we want to talk about, you know, the financial well-being and the care for our children. And how are we ensuring that that happens, that they have the resources available to them, that those resources are going to be appropriately managed, and that we're putting them in a place to be able to Succeed financially and, and not be a financial burden on anyone else. That
3: makes sense. And so what you just described, and it occurs to me to ask. So we've got someone that's named as a guardian, you know, for those children, right? Whether that's, you know, maybe, you know, a sibling or a family friend, maybe their godparent, something like that. So you just mentioned that part, but then you also mentioned the financial well being part. So are those often the same person or maybe sometimes are they different people that someone that's in charge of the financial piece of you know my children's well-being i'll use myself as an example i have three minor children so if my wife and i passed away do i have the same person who's in charge of their physical well-being as in charge of their financial well-being or sometimes are they different people or what have you really seen in your practice
4: yeah, you know, really, it depends. And so that's part of designing a plan. And, and part of the discussions that we have with clients is, you know, do we have the same person for those roles? Or do we, uh, we split those up and provide, you know, maybe little checks and balances? And, you know, ultimately, it depends on the family and the individuals and their goals. So there's not really right or wrong answer. Sometimes it makes sense to you know, uh, grandma and grandpa are going to be the guardians and they're great with finances. And so we, you know, trust them to do both of those roles. Or maybe it's, you know, I want my sister to be their guardian, but she doesn't know what she's doing when it comes to money. And so let's maybe involve somebody else in that part. And they're going to be kind of, you know, overseeing the financial side and, and sister can go to that person, you know, when it comes to you know requests for financial assistance.
3: Sure, that makes sense. And so, do you find that, you know, occasionally that could cause, I don't want to call it headbutting, but, you know, in your experience, is that, you know, is there, I know you said it depends, and so I don't want to pin you down on that, but is there one that you generally prefer with the caveat that always it depends on the situation? And it's obviously up to, the person doing the planning, right? Because that's, it's what they want to have happen after their passing, right? But is there something that in your experience has been easier or has one been harder?
4: Yeah, certainly. You know, if there's one person that we trust completely to do both of those roles, you know, serve as the guardian and manage the finances, that's just from a logistic standpoint, that's the much easier option. Sure. But, you know, sometimes that, again, we, We might trust that person to watch over our kids and be that parent figure, but not necessarily make the investment decisions. And there's different ways to kind of separate those roles as well, you know, where we can have, you know, co-trustees and we have trustees that are over managing the investments and trustees that are in charge of making distributions. So there's lots of different ways that we can design that. And again, that's part of the design process is, you know, in our meetings with clients, we really ask you know some deeper questions about okay now tell me about your sister tell me about your parents what are their strengths and weaknesses and and how is this actually gonna gonna work and kind of talking through you know what that will actually look like and coming up with you know the, the best possible solution so that's yeah, an important i think reason to involve a professional and in, in these discussions who you know we've seen where plans work out well and, and where they uh, can get messy and so You know, those are really important decisions in picking, selecting the right individual for these roles and, you know, an important part of the design process.
3: That makes a lot of sense to me. And so, you know, the question that I have then is, so who makes sure that, you know, like who's overseeing that if I'm gone, right? I've left that, or is that just kind of out of my hands?
4: Yeah. So, you know, our, our choices of guardians and choices of trustees are really important. Typically when we have minor children, Uh, We have their share of the estate being managed in a trust long-term. Now, if you didn't do any planning um, and we have minor children and assets being left to those minor children, typically what happens is those assets get put in a custodial account Mm. and their guardian or custodian has control over it, but usually it's just up until age 18. And so that child could come into a bunch of money at age 18. And so if we want to avoid that, we would use trust to provide you know, more long-term, you know, maybe through their college years or beyond, and we could be much more creative in designing those. And so you brought up a good question, is how do we oversee and make sure that our wishes get carried out? Well, our choice of trustee is really important and in selecting the right person or an entity for that job, sometimes we might consider a professional trustee or trust company. We also can use what are called trust protectors. And that's a role that's kind of out. it's not the same as the trustee. It's kind of overseeing the trustee and a trust protector. Um, It could be a family member. It could be a professional. But their job is to kind of just sit back. They're not involved in the day-to-day, but they're there to ensure that the trustee is carrying out the terms of the trust and your wishes, and they have authority to step in if there's a problem, so trust protector is is something that we might talk about as well,
3: okay, that makes a lot of sense and one thing that i 've seen or you know and we did this when we went through our estate planning is when you 're deciding on who the guardian who's going to be taking care of my kids. The question that I was asked when we went through the process was, okay, well you know, your mom's going to be in charge of the kids, but what happens if mom's not there and stepdad's there? Is he still in charge of the kids or his mom is there by herself? Is she in charge of the kids? You know, those kind of questions go into it too, I would imagine, right? There's all these different layers to who's going to be taking care
4: of them. Yeah. And it depends on how we set up those documents. You know, do we have both, you know, mom and stepdad as co-guardians? Do we have one as first and the second as the alternate or just one? And so, you know, we don't assume that it automatically will go to the other spouse. You know, that's Part of our the discussion is you know do we have co-guardians, a single guardian, and what is the true order of succession there?
3: That makes a lot of sense. And then the big key I would imagine that you probably advise clients on is make sure that these people know and are willing to be that guardian for those kids, right because I would imagine you have a lot of folks that think, oh well, you know this family friend, she's a great mom, she's great with kids, her kids are my kids' best friends. you know they'll step in and take care of our kids and then you go, oh wait maybe she doesn't want to do it.
4: <laughs> right, right. You know, I generally always recommend to clients that, you know, when they're putting together this plan, let's have conversations with at least the individuals who are going to be stepping into those roles and carrying out the plan. And I think that's always uh, kind and, and considerate if we can let them know, hey, your name is my guardian, because sometimes they might say, you know, I appreciate that, but I, I really don't think I could do the job. And so let's have those conversations now and adjust now instead of maybe creating a problem down the road
3: yeah okay well that makes sense so it's an easy question to have right other than you know by the way <laughs> surprise so that's not yeah right.
4: and you know we'll offer to clients as part of our process with eLegacy if if they would like to have a family meeting or meeting with their successor trustees we always offer that as part of our process and so we think it's a great opportunity to meet everybody and, and get them all at the same table and you know they can ask questions to the attorney what does it mean for me to be a guardian or a trustee in the future?
3: Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So if they're interested, if folks have minor kids and they're interested in, in meeting with you guys, how do they get a hold of eLegacy? Is it the best way to go to your website or what's the best way to get you?
4: Yep. They can go to our website, eLegacyLaw.com and right there on their homepage, they can schedule a complimentary consultation. We'll meet with them for 45 minutes, an hour to discuss you know, what are your goals and objectives and We can get the process started. So you can go to eLegacyLaw.com, schedule that appointment. Usually we could be meeting with you the next business day and get the ball rolling. You can also give us a call at 888-308-PLAN if you prefer the telephone, and we can get a complimentary consultation scheduled that way.
3: Perfect. And you also, like I always say, if you missed the way to contact Ryan, if you missed the way to contact any of the experts that we have here on the show, give our office a call 503 253 Three thousand, Right. I think it's so important to talk about estate planning and, and make it simplified. So I really appreciate the time that you and your team put in. And I can say that if folks call you or visit your website, they will be well taken care of. We've gotten you know great reviews from folks that we've sent your way. So thank you so much for being here this week. And we'll look to talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Perfect. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be back with more Investing Simplified.
5: I'll bet you've heard me talk about e-Legacy Law and how Tina and I wanted to protect our family by creating an airtight estate plan. Hey, it's Lars, but e-Legacy Law isn't just for our circumstances. They have many ways to help you protect your assets, including community property agreements and pre- and post agreements. Whether you're currently married, going through a divorce, or newly engaged or newly married, make sure your estate plan works for you. e-Legacy Law is a full-service estate state planning law firm that's completely virtual we worked with an experienced estate planning attorney to get our custom plan done without ever having to set foot out of our house, and you can do it too. The process couldn't be easier. They offer affordable flat fee rate pricing on all estate plans, so no surprises. Go to E-Legacy Lars to get the Lars Larson special rate to save $250 using promo code SAVE. only available to my listeners. That's E-Legacy Lars to save $250 today. That's eLegacyLars.com. eLegacy
1: Welcome back to Investing Simplified. However you're joining us today, thank you so much for making us a part of your day. As always, you can catch replays of our show available on podcast on Amazon, Amazon, and android and apple this is matt sudol wealth manager here uh coming to you with matt may our wealth manager as well how are you sir i'm doing really well man still well we're wrapping up the show and uh throughout the show you haven't exited the room here we're recording out of (laughs) but that means uh we're doing a good job so you're doing great and we talked about a lot of things today as we like to on the show so we started off talking about what the market's been doing in general um, the retracement that you quizzed me on a bit here of the 10-year treasury. Just testing no, it's it good. You know, just
2: make sure that the listeners are aware. Know, yeah, yeah, the questions it's probably in the room simplified. We got to, you know, simplify yeah, Break this it down. Up. Break it down apart. Then we chatted about
1: what are some of the reminders for end of the year. So just a quick recap for people that maybe are tuning in late uh, one you can catch a replay but if you don't necessarily want to do that we have A couple of things we wanted to remind people of, and that's required minimum distributions off of IRAs, Benny IRAs, um, qualified charitable donations, and then contributions. So that would be simple IRA, SEP IRA, IRAs and Roth IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, all of that good stuff. And finally, Roth conversions, which are a taxable event, so always check with the tax professional. You wanted to add something to it. Yeah. And we also
2: touched upon the all-weather portfolio early on in the show. That's, yes. a, that's a pretty good piece in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. And I was going to just write right into that. So the all-weather portfolio was something we chatted about as well. How do you set yourself up to where you have a potentially better likelihood of success where if you look at the world we're in and the way that the last couple of years have been and prior recessions, potentially not that we are in one because technically we're not, nobody's announced it. But when we have a pullback in the market, at least the market recession, and we're seeing pain, how do you get through it if you're retired or retiring? There's a lot of hesitation when people are first, you know, pulling the trigger on retirement. And we work through that with folks, but it's tough when you go from having a paycheck coming every two weeks reliably to a bucket of money. Maybe you've saved in a 401k or something of that nature, and then you have to pull from that bucket. And maybe it's been a couple years and the bucket hasn't moved much. But you've pulled from it, and it makes it quite, quite nerve-wracking to do so. Oh, absolutely. So adding a component to where you maybe have, like we said, that component where some of it is growing and some of it might be affecting by the market, but maybe a piece of the puzzle that does not have a downside and has principle protected. That potentially would be a thought that we wanted to throw out there. And that's the concept behind the all-weather portfolio. Now, without getting into it very, very deeply, we would encourage everybody that is interested to give us a call again at 503 253 3,000 to talk to us one-on-one so we can get into the specifics because we
2: can't speak for everyone. Everybody's situation is very, very different. So, yeah, the rules and regulations governing these types of conversations are very, very specific. We'd love to just sit there and and talk details about all these things, but we have to make sure that we're giving... You know, good information, but not advice to to everybody. Yeah. We want to sit down with you and know your situation, then we can give you that specific information in detail. I hate
1: to be the guy that that compares our profession to, let's say, a physician, but if you're a doctor out there, you wouldn't want to say on a show, Hey, everybody take this and this pill because it's going to help you when you don't know what's going to work for who. So everybody's got a little bit of a different setup, different goals, different desires, different risk profiles. So all of that has to be considered which actually leads us to speaking about one additional subject. We wanted to, as we kind of end the show here in the next few minutes, and that would be our process. So here at Price Financial Group, we like to keep this simple, right? We have our show called Investing Simplified, and therefore we call our process the you know Simplified Retirement Roadmap. Now, why is it a roadmap? Well, all of us like cars. We like driving, and so we thought, hey,
2: if we were to use an analogy of going on a road trip,
1: this might be helpful, right? Yeah. I
2: want to get from point A to B. Where is point A? Where are we at right now? Where's our destination, i.e. our financial goals? Whether we look at that as a retirement goal, maybe it's a vacation property, maybe it's funding college for kids or grandkids, maybe it's leaving money as a legacy to future generations or charitable inclinations. There's so many different types of goals Our process, one of the first things we do in that process is identify what we're trying to do. What destination are we trying to reach? And that's probably the most important part of
1: the plan. I mean, not to discount the fact that behind the scenes, we run lots of reports and simulations and look at different perspectives. But when we're sitting across the table from a family and they're trying to tell us, hey, here's what matters to me here's how much income I need in retirement. Here's what I want my kids to be able to do or inherit, or here's the charities I'm very passionate about. Or it could be as simple as I want to golf. And I'm not a golfer personally, but I know you do like to golf, right? I'm not a golfer either, but I enjoy the game. You enjoy the game. You're just saying you're not good good at it. That's okay. So maybe I want to spend more time on the golf course so I can practice and get better. And those are things that are important. Not all of them are numbers. There's a lot of things that we talk about that are actually emotional and goals that are more life goals, right? Where I want a better life work balance. I want to be able to slowly transition into retirement. I have this phrase that I use sometimes in meetings and I feel like I'm sure somebody else has come up with this before, but you know, you have the saying where like body at motion stays at motion. That's one of the principles I think from Newton. Mm-hmm. Well, I say a mind at motion stays in motion and you can't just simply go turn off, pull the plug on yourself if you've been working at some place for 20, 30 years, perhaps, right? Now, some jobs you could do that with, and maybe you're ready for it. Maybe you've slowly been turning off the clock yourself, but maybe you're passionate about the work you're doing and you're kind of on the fence and thinking, you know, hey, let's say I'm a dentist and I really enjoy making people's smiles look better. And that gives me joy coming in every day, but I do want to, at some point, balance it out. And so how do you transition out of that? Or maybe you're a teacher, you know, lots of teachers have lots of, you know, passion towards their professions. It could be a firefighter. I don't know. Whatever the profession is, there is a way of transitioning over from that into the next stage, which typically, you know, would be retirement and beyond. Although sometimes it's
2: a lot of volunteer time. It could be, you know, multitude of things, right? Yeah, it's definitely different for everyone. We try to just discover what that is. And as you mentioned in there, we have these tools and software that really looks at things from those different perspectives. That's the legwork that we're doing. And we do that on a complimentary basis, as mentioned a bunch of times, but we really do take that seriously. Uh, We would offer that same service to our clients. We do. And we offer that to prospective folks, listeners here, just to make sure that we're doing our goodwill to our community. We really believe that if you sit across from us and we look at these things, whether that validates the things that you're already doing or identifies ways that we can make your situation better. That's really important to us. That's why we do what we do. Yeah. And then, you know, not to go over to the physician's analogy again, but the more information you
1: provide, the better the diagnosis would be, right? So share with us, what are the goals, the desires, what do you have saved? How is it saved? You know, what are your risk tolerance profiles and such? And so the more data we gather in the first meeting that allows us to really and I call it geeking out and really nerding out and going really deep into analysis where you know we may spend an hour or 2 hours with someone in the first appointment but we may have two, three, four hours of work behind the scenes right.
2: before we meet you for the second time. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that that second appointment where we've done all this big data crunching and calculations and stuff, that it's just going to be super overwhelming. No. We really focus on trying to deliver that in a very easy to understand format. Right. It's like you can take complex things in your life and really look at it from a right. simplistic view. How does taxes affect your retirement? Right. What does a long term care scenario look like? I mean, there's definitely potholes that we want to try to avoid, solve, and avoid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There you go. There's another roadmap analogy. I always go with the, uh, you know, how the sausage is made. You don't necessarily want to sit with us while we're making the sausage for six hours and behind the scenes. You want to just look at what's the final product. And so that will be the deliverables and we'll explain, you know, the thought process behind in a shorter way. So then it's digestible to you because the premise of our show is to take complex financial concepts down to a digestible level. And so then we go with that information, present it to you, and and you decide, hey, does this make sense? A lot of times I call that meeting a red pen meeting because there'll probably be adjustments because we won't necessarily always get it perfect. But at least it gives you a sense of, okay, here's how I'm doing. Here's where we're going. Here's some suggestions and thoughts. And if you decide to work with us, we'd love to have you. If not, at least you got a second opinion and you walk away. And I would say most people will have a couple of nuggets of additional information they didn't have before that they can take back, whether it be a cocktail hour where you're sitting with a friend saying, hey, did you know how tax planning affects Roth IRA conversions, which by the way, disclaimer, they are a taxable event. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's something as simple as like, you know, I didn't realize how much long-term care can throw off a plan or maybe, you know, hey, what's the difference between living in Washington versus Oregon, as an example. So there's lots Mm -hmm. of good information to unwrap. And then after that, the work doesn't stop. So if you decide to work with us and and hire us as your advisory team, you know, we're going to be, you know, throughout the process, we'll be acting in the fiduciary capacity. And then later on, as we progress, we need to come back to this plan and just make sure that the tweaks that need to to be done are done because the environment changes. As we see in the markets change every day, every week, your plans might change. You know, I speak with people all the time. Hey, I got a job promotion more money or hey i unfortunately got laid off how does it affect the plan all of those things are important i even had the other day where somebody was buying an airstream it's one of those big i think trailers and somebody's like hey can i do it can i afford it well we could try to plan it out and see okay what's the likelihood of success through Monte Carlo? so all that is to encourage people as the end of the year is nearing and you're thinking about what does the next year hold you know take a moment with your loved ones this holiday season and sit down and say okay Can we get ourselves together for a few hours of some pretty intense discussions, conversations that are going to be, you know, setting you up for hopefully a much, much better 2024
2: and beyond, right? Yeah. So sometimes it can be a little bit daunting, may not feel like you have all the information prepared that would be useful for us to digest and help uh, put your plan together. But I would say that's the work that we're trying to do with you and want to do for you and a lot of people that I sit in front of, they don't necessarily have all the information put together. We work together to find out what their budget is. What target are we shooting for? What destination do we want to get to? And we build it step by step and you know, we kind of talk through things that we see happening in all of our clients' lives, their families' lives. We just try to bring that experience to say, hey, have you thought about it this way? Have you looked at it that way? and really just try to come from it with this, just kind of the experience and the guidance to help you navigate those challenges right. that are ahead of you. And now that we've seen it all, they've done it all, but we've done enough of these and walked
1: enough people through the different parts of the process that we can guide a conversation along. So if there are subjects that you may be uncomfortable with or seem like you know big elephants that are really hard to eat, you got to eat them one piece at a time, we'll take the time to really get to know your situation and and kind of handhold you through that. So it's less stressful, hopefully, and provides more visibility for you. So if you're interested in going through the process, please give us a call or give us a text, same phone number. And the number is 503-253-3000. Now with that, we'd like to wish everybody a happy holiday season. As we're wrapping up the year, we'll have a few more shows this year. We look forward to 2024 and beyond. And this has been Investing Simplified.
0: Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, Please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family. Investing Simplified is brought to you by Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Price Financial Group has been doing estate planning since 1970 and investment and retirement planning since 1975. Individual situations may vary, and the information on this show should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Other parties present on this broadcast are not affiliated with Price Financial Group Wealth Management. Investing Simplified is the longest-running live financial program with a certified financial planner, a state planning attorney, and a certified public accountant to answer your questions for free. Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, Please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family. The opinions voiced in Investing Simplified are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with an attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. A diversified portfolio does not assure profit or prevent losses in a declining market. Roth IRA conversion is a taxable event. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated. Investment services offered through Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you are at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family.